This is Amplify You, the podcast about you discovering your message and broadcasting it to the world. If you're a coach, author, or speaker, you'll want to tune in. If you're looking for the best return on your time investment to get your message out to the world in a bigger way, we're giving you full access and behind the scenes look of how we're running our podcast, how our clients have found success, and what you can do to launch your podcast today. The world needs your message. I'm Michelle Abraham, the host. Join my family as we unleash your unique genius and find the connections you need to launch your adventure today. Join us and let's get Amplify. All right, Amplify You family, how are you doing today? Michelle Abraham, your host here today, and I'm bringing you a fabulous guest on this Ask the Expert interview. I have Meredith Bell here with me. Hey, Meredith, how are you doing? Hi, Michelle. I'm so excited about being with you today. Well, we're super excited. Well, I'm super excited to have you and I know our audience is excited to hear from you as well. And uh, let me just first share with our audience that Meredith is not only an expert and growing strong leaders, but she's also a podcast host too. So she's got a podcast called Grow Strong Leaders Podcast, and you can find that on all your podcasting platforms. So I just wanted to let our audience know right out of the gates that you are a fellow podcaster too. And so a lot of the great things we're going to talk about today, especially communication skills and, and growing and connecting with your team as a leader, are come from when you start a business as a solo entrepreneur, you growing your business, you're scaling it, you're bringing on team members and vendors and contractors and all sorts of things. But also Meredith's got some really great tips for us on how to be, um, how to select really great guests for our podcast. And being a podcaster herself, she's had some great experience. Um, with fabulous guests on her show. And we're going to dive into that a little bit too. And how can you be a great listener as a podcast host too? So, oh, so many great things. But let me tell you guys a little bit more about Meredith. <laughs> Meredith is a co-founder and president of Grow Strong Leaders. Their company, company publishes tools and books to help people build strong relationships at work and at home. Meredith is an expert leader in team communications the author of three books and the host of the Grow Strong Leaders podcast, as I mentioned. She co-authored her latest books, Connect With Your Team, Mastering the Top 10 Communication Skills, and Peer Coaching Made Simple with her business partner, Dr. Dennis Coates. In them, Meredith and Denny provide how-to guides uh, for improving, um, improving communication skills and serving as a peer coach to someone else. And you can get all of those details about her book and her podcast at growstrongleaders.com. So Meredith, we are excited you're here and let's just dive right in. Sounds good. I'm ready. Awesome. All right. Well, first thing that I want to know is how to be a great listener, because I know this is something that our podcasters ears may have perked up when I said, how do you give a listener as has as a podcaster? Because I made a big mistake and I'm just going to share with us everyone at the beginning. I, when I was interviewing someone that was of a celebrity status to me, uh, when I was a first a podcaster, I was so focused on the questions that I had no, I did not listen to any of his answers at all. And I was so worried on what the next question was going to be. So how, how do we be a great listener? You know, Michelle, that example you just gave, illustrates how important it is in my mind to be prepared as a host. Mm -hmm. And my goal is to bring out the unique brilliance of a specific guest. And I think when we have that attitude and that approach, we're not as focused on ourselves. How am I coming across? How am I sounding? Am I covering all the questions? I always tell my guests, you know, I prepare questions in advance 
but a sort of left brain, right brain, right? I like to have a structure, but that's just to help me get familiar with the specific topics that I want to discuss with the person. If we go in with the idea, we're going to have more of an organic conversation because I, my personal style is not asking every guest the same set of questions. Right. I want to structure questions that are going to bring out their enthusiasm, their expertise, because the more animated they are and passionate they are, the more they're going to serve my audience. Mm -hmm. So I think the key thing about listening is to get the focus off myself and put it on my guest. In that way, I'm not forgetting what they're saying. In fact, I can build on it. I don't have to ask my questions in the same sequence. <laughs> if I have a general idea of what I would like them to talk about, then I can look for opportunities to naturally flow into another question. So I think that's really the key. It's the opposite of what you did, really. Instead of focusing on the questions, focus on that person and, and, and think about just having a, a regular conversation with any individual. If you're going to be a good participant in that conversation, you have to be paying attention to what they're saying, how they're saying it, so you can go deeper with follow-up questions that make sense <laughs> in the context of the conversation. Absolutely. I know how annoyed I've been when I've been listening to a podcast and I can hear the host go right to their next question without like, oh, but I want to know more about what that person just said. Like, can you just ask uh -huh. them what I had to go deeper there? Uh -huh. Right. Yeah. It's funny because the example I gave you was um, when I was doing a summit and when I launched my podcast, that was intentional that not to have the questions pre-scripted and the same questions every episode. Just love for that natural flow of conversation so much better. It just comes across so much, uh, so much nicer for the audience to listen to. But I think you get so much more value from your uh, your guests as well. Mm -hmm. When you are um, when you're growing strong, when you're growing a strong team and you're becoming a strong leader, what does that mean to you, Meredith? You know, that I love that question, Michelle, because again, it requires me to get the focus off me and onto this other individual. Who is this person in front of me? You know, what talents, gifts, strengths are they bringing to our business that can not only help our business, but help them? Because, you know, with the great resignation that's going on, a key reason people leave is not feeling valued or appreciated. Mm. And so I think that's such an important aspect of bringing out the best in others. That to me is what's really important. It's weighing what is the business need and how can I utilize this person's strengths in the best way to cause them to grow uh, uh, put grow strong leaders on purpose because people feel more fulfilled when they have the opportunity to expand from what they already know and try new things and, and be challenged in a way that doesn't set them up for failure, but sets them up for success because they know you're with them. You know, you're on the same side of the table, you're cheering them on. And I think that that's a, a really key thing for bringing out the best of people and then having them make the best possible contribution 
to your business. Hmm, that's fascinating. It, now, I've always wondered when you're saying grow strong leaders, are you talking about only the leader people in the leadership of an organization? Or are you talking about like every employee becoming their own leader? Or becoming yes, a leader? the latter. The okay. latter. Mm-hmm. We did that on purpose because, you know, there's just so many words, grow strong leaders and teams. Yeah. <laughs> we do that. But, but our intent really was for both of those people who have a leadership you know, formal leadership role or title, but also everyone has to grow as a personal leader of themselves in order to live the best possible life and make the best possible contribution. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you find that when you're um, growing your business or, you know, some of our podcasters are listening today or are, are starting a podcast, they've got a business, they're entrepreneurs, they may be bringing on other team members like I have in the last few years and growing their team. Um, how do we switch the hat from being the solopreneur to now having a team and making sure we're hiring people for the right roles for their personalities where they can really excel in them? Mm-hmm. That was a very loaded question. You can do that in a couple yeah, parts. Well, like. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. I, I once, I recently interviewed someone that um, made a statement that made perfect sense as I reflected on it. He said, we don't hire for technical skill. Mm-hmm. We hire for the person, the personality, and as well as the, the values and the character traits. Mm-hmm. Because you can teach any person who's motivated a specific technical skill. Of course, finding out up front, what is it that they are most passionate about? What gives them the greatest joy and satisfaction? Those kinds of questions help you get a sense of where would this person best fit? Is there a fit for them? And also getting at some of those traits that... um, are, are the intangibles in a way, like persistence, you know, that pursuing um, and, and sticking with something in spite of challenges or failures, getting people to talk about, well, tell me of a time when you faced a really tough challenge. How did you handle it? What did you do? Or what's the greatest failure you feel like you've ever experienced in your life? How did you recover from it? Those kinds of questions when you start listening, allow you to really see what is this person bringing, you know, to the table? What's the potential there? And and just knowing that there's a values fit. My two business partners and I have now worked together for over 30 years. And one of the things that's kept us together over the years, it's like a good marriage, right? (laughs) You've got this shared values and shared commitment to a common purpose. And so getting a sense of that up front, I think is so important. And there's nothing wrong with putting that in your job description Mm. for what you want. You know, uh, I'm looking for a high energy person that doesn't mind hearing no, if it's a sales oriented position. Being clear upfront about who you're looking for, people will disqualify themselves. And then you save time by interviewing people who at least identify with those characteristics that you've specified. 
interesting. It's almost like if you paint the picture of the ideal work environment and put that in the in the ad, and then people that are applying are going to resonate with that ideal situation. Mm-hmm. Too. And I'm so glad to hear you say that it's okay to hire um, from the personality. I've always hired people for the personality and their values over the skills that they've had. I always felt like you can teach them the skills. But some of those unique uh, values, <laughs> they're a little bit harder yeah, to teach yeah. or not, not teachable at all. <laughs> right. If they don't have a shared work ethic, mm-hmm. like showing up on time and, you know, just some of the basic things that you as an entrepreneur do yourself. And so you assume mm-hmm. sometimes that others automatically do it. It's not true. <laughs> We've learned this the hard way over the years. You, you can get enthralled with someone's personality. And that's where you have to, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those balancing acts where you've got to make sure you ask the right questions that give you the greatest chance possible to find out is this person going to work well with me? Because, you know, in an interview, people are putting forth their best selves Right. Most of the time, anyway. And so what is it you're listening for and looking for? If you have that clarity up front, then you're going to know if it's there or not as you're talking to that person. Right. Yeah, that's great. Now, you mentioned something about tools to figure out, like, where you're putting people in the right place in your organization. Is there a particular tool that you use that you found that to be really helpful? No, it's more of a, I think, series of questions. Mm. There's all kinds of different assessments, Mm -hmm. you know, that you can have people take too, Mm -hmm. um, from, you know, DISC to Myers-Briggs to, well, there's just so many Mm -hmm. that help draw out what are this person's natural strengths. So that can give you a sense of whether it's a fit with what it is you're, you're looking for and just being able to be honest with someone. If there are certain, and this is where doing that thinking in advance is so important. And to ask ourselves, what's the number one thing that's most important to me for the candidate that I hire mm-hmm. to have? And then what's number two? What is number three? So, you know, your list of must-haves. And I'm not talking degrees, right? right? It, or necessarily experience, but who are they as a person? Mm-hmm that is going to tell you this person could be a great fit here or, or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are great. And, you know, it's interesting that you can like listen with those ears when you're interviewing them or two, it's good to kind of have that idea before you go into an interview. I always look like, Oh, they had a great personality. Let's go. Let's hire them. (laughs) But yeah, I listening for specific things in those questions. I'm sure would be much, much a smarter way of doing it. Mm Yeah, even with contractors, you know, we've had the experience of hiring someone with just an amazing personality and actually great sales skills. But what we needed the person to do was more detailed work that wasn't as suited to what so it would not have been a good match. Um, We found that out after bringing her on board and realizing, hmm, she's so much more alive when she's doing this kind of thing. But we don't need her to do that kind of thing. So it's really better for you and that other person to be able to talk honestly about it. And I think that's part of the challenge too, as entrepreneurs is we have to be willing to recognize mistakes or, you know, possibly a, 
a decision that we've made that's not serving us well and not let it drag on. If we realize this isn't working, then we make a clean cut and we're direct and honest with the person. Mm -hmm. They will respect us. We'll respect ourselves more because it only drags us down as far as our energy and our self-confidence. If we're tolerating something that really is not acceptable to us, entrepreneurs cannot afford to have their self-confidence, you know, whittled away because we we face so many you know challenges and setbacks that we've got to do everything we can to keep it strong. So what are who are we surrounding ourselves with? What kinds of um, you know structures are we putting in place to help us build and maintain strong confidence? That's so great. When we are building our team and like scaling to more than a couple of contractors, what is something that we can do? Um, what can we focus on to keep uh, the performance up and keep boost people's performances within within the organization? Is that something you need to measure or like have some accountability towards? That's always something I've kind of struggled to figure out what how exactly yes. that works. <laughs> you know, it goes back to being clear yourself. What is it you need this person to do? Mm-hmm. And then how will you measure if they're doing it or not? Right. Yeah. So what kind of <laughs> metrics can you put in place for a given task or job that you're hiring someone mm-hmm. to do? And then when you sit down and talk to them, even at, you know, before you hire them, but certainly once you've brought them on board, that clarity about what is expected, mm-hmm. you know, so you have an adult agreement, you know, with another person and it's not that of a of a boss or or it's not a parental role where they feel like you know you're um correcting them or uh it's it's more of a we're sitting down here's what we're agreeing that you are going to do you're making a commitment to that Mm -hmm. and if there are any concerns that you have that they have they bring them up at the time so that you both leave with great clarity about what's expected, what the milestones or results are on a Mm -hmm. daily or weekly basis. And then you have them report back to you or you check in with them at whatever interval makes sense based on what kind of projects they're working on. Could be, you know, at the end of each day for five minutes or the end of the week for 15, but some way that you aren't letting something drag out without being on top of it and knowing how it's going. Are they producing the results I need? Because there could be a misunderstanding. They could have assumed something because going back to the listening, you know, we sometimes think we hear what the other person means. So one of the ways to avoid that kind of confusion is at the end of the conversation just ask the person, all right, what's your understanding of what our agreement is? Mm, Good idea. And have them say it back to you. Not, I mean, and this isn't to insult them and pretend and and think, oh, they weren't listening. It's to make sure that you are both on the same page. Right. You know, we know, Michelle, how many mistakes get made when we don't take the time to do that. And it's a very short time because if they have, have understood something incorrectly, this is your opportunity, then when they're articulating it back to you, now you have the chance to say, oh, I see why you might have thought that, but here's what I really 
intended. How does that work? Is that something you can commit to and will follow through and do? That's really the key is getting those agreements as two adults talking to each other. Yeah, it seems so simple when you say that. <laughs> it just seems like common sense, doesn't it? So now in your book, the Connect With Your Team, it covers like all the 10 communication skills. Um, and so what do you think are the what do you think are the top few of those skills? Well, we've mentioned listening, mm. and that really is the most important one because it's fundamental to all the others. Mm-hmm. How well you're taking your Absorbing someone else's message, understanding them and getting them is critical to getting things done. Some other ones, though, we actually have three different chapters on the topic of feedback. So we have giving positive feedback, (laughs) Mm -hmm. expressing appreciation to others because Mm -hmm. people don't get enough of that. Right. They, they, everyone needs to know how am I doing? Mm -hmm. And when they're doing well, We can't assume, oh, I'm paying you. That ought to be enough. Well, it's not. You know, as human beings, we have the need, the desire, the want to find out what am I doing that you like? So that's an important aspect. And being very specific, not just saying, oh, you're so great. You're the best. (laughs) Well, what specifically did I do? So then, and it serves you as the owner because when you are specific with them, they now know what is it you want that gets that kind of feedback, right? From, right. So they, you're, you're letting them know the behavior you want them to continue having. Constructive, giving constructive feedback is often tough for people because they don't know how to do it. And therefore, many times we stuff our feelings and our thoughts and we just tolerate And then one day we explode and people are wondering, where did that come from? (laughs) And so what we want to do is identify where is the situation where someone has made a mistake, not followed through. There's something in their behavior did not match what we were hoping would happen, right? So there's a shortfall there. So addressing that as quickly as possible so it doesn't fester and they understand what it is you want. And so starting out with something to set the context with the positive, because there's, you know, it's not all negative. There are a lot of good things they've done. So you can set the tone by saying, you know, Michelle, most of the time you are so incredible with our customers. They love working with you. I noticed today there was a time when you had this impatient tone in your voice and it looked to me like Mrs. Jones left very unhappy. You know, she walked out and didn't say her normal goodbye. So you're being very specific right. about what it is that happened. If you've observed it firsthand, that's really important. Hearsay is not good in these kinds of situations. What did you observe or hear that caused you concern? So you spell it out what it was. And then describe what were the consequences. We could have lost a customer here. And I'm very concerned about that because she's been business with us for three years. (laughs) And so what I would appreciate in the future is, and then you describe what you want. Now, in between that feedback, if you do have someone that is typically a high performer and they've fallen short, I would put in, gee, I noticed you're really short with that person today. What's going on with you today? You know, have that human caring and curiosity to allow the person to say, 
maybe they got some horrible news that morning. You know, maybe their child was up all night and they didn't get any sleep. We don't know. And so rather than assuming, well, she doesn't care anymore, or he (laughs) has a really bad attitude, get them talking. Because Mm -hmm. what that does is it gives them a sense of fairness that you're not just trying to jump down their throat and correct them. That's one of the things we often can fall into, especially if we're parents, set them straight, let them know what we want, right? But we can do it in a way, in a tone that really is off-putting. So if we can ask ourselves, how would I receive this information if someone else were saying it to me in this way? Right. Or another way to say that is, how would I like to be told this information if I were the one that had fallen short? Right. And I like that sandwich theory where you say something, something that they're doing good in between yeah. that constructive. And at the, at the end, Michelle, the other part of the sandwich is saying, I'm here to support you mm-hmm. and getting their agreement. Again, it's that agreement thing. Yeah. Here's what I need from you in the future. Are you willing to commit to do that? So that we find out where are they? What and get their commitment. That's great. Not. Yeah. That's really important. So the third kind of feedback is when we're on the receiving end. (laughs) So it's receiving feedback graciously Mm -hmm. because we all have blind spots. And if the people who work with us don't feel free to be honest with us or feel that it's safe, we're going to make a lot more mistakes than we might have otherwise. So if we can set a tone where we even ask people, here's a great question for your listeners. I'll dare them to do this with a family member or someone who works with them. What's one thing I could do differently that would improve your experience working with me or living with me, right? So what's one thing I could do differently? You're not asking them to criticize you or all the things you did wrong right yeah it's not an open invitation to discuss everything it's it's (laughs) inviting them to say here's what I would like to see from you Mm. maybe I tend to interrupt people maybe I get a facial expression that causes them to think and she's not happy I'm talking to her and that happened to me one time somebody gave me that feedback when I walk in your office you look up and, and it looks like you're really angry that I interrupted. <laughs> well, I was just concentrating on what I was doing and I didn't make the transition, you know. So asking for feedback proactively mm-hmm. is really valuable. And then when someone dares to speak up and has the courage to share it with you, listening is, is has got to be in there. You need to be open to hearing, be curious, be neutral, mm-hmm. and don't be preparing your defense. (laughs) Really want to hear what they say because the next words out of your mouth when they have shared what they want to share, two words, thank you. Thank you. I didn't realize I was doing that. I am so glad you told me. You know, if we can diffuse the potential conflict or negative reaction, because guess what? Before that person had the courage to come to you, I would be willing to bet they have been rehearsing what they're going to say, how they're going to say it. It could be for, for a minute, while, right? could be hours or days if it's something that's really been bothering right. them. And they've been afraid of how you might react. So if you respond with, thank you, I appreciate your letting me know. 
they'll relax and then you can actually have a better conversation. Oh, I didn't realize that. And I don't have to run after I share that. Yeah. Asking for help saying, you know, I realize now I have done that and it was not my intention to come across that way. Would you please let me know if I do that in the future, because I am going to be working on it and I need your help. Mm. Well, now they're on our team, right? It's not adversarial. It's I'm looking to help and then making a commitment. I am going to work on doing this and then checking back in with them periodically to say, how am I doing? (laughs) And another thing we can do when we get that feedback, if it's warranted, is apologize. Mm -hmm. And many times we withhold our apology because we're afraid of how we'll look. And the reality is, if we apologize, we look so much better. We improve the relationship because they already know we messed up. We're not covering up anything. And then when we are willing to apologize, we make it safe for them then to make mistakes or tell us if they make a mistake instead Mm -hmm. of trying to cover it up or blame someone else. It's that whole honest environment that we're creating. Well, it's great because it makes it the door open for them to also communicate freely with you and not be afraid of your, you jumping down their throat and <laughs> saying yes. something, but it helps, helps everyone keep that communication door open. I love that. Now I want to pivot to your podcast for a moment because I want to know a few things about your podcast. How long have you had your show for? It's been three years. Excellent. I started it in June of 2019. Good for you. And what was, what has been the highlight of having your podcast? Oh, without a doubt, the relationships I formed, Mm -hmm. I have had amazing people as guests and, you know, I've had some people that you might say are big names, but that's not who I'm focused on bringing on board. I am committed to interviewing people who are doing great things in the world around creating positive workplaces. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't be a surprise, you know, where people thrive because there are, as you know, there's so much negative news out there. There really are a lot of challenging things going on in the world. And my goal with my podcast is shine a bright light on the positive things that are happening in so many workplaces that people don't know about. So interviewing people who are responsible for helping to create a positive culture, it might be the CEO, it could be the chief people officer, chief learning officer, who's designing, you know, programs and other opportunities for people to grow and learn. It's, It just gives me such a charge to talk to people like that and be able to share their wonderful stories with my listeners. Mm. Do you have like a favorite guest that you've had on your show? When you say that might be a hard question to answer. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you mean like a specific individual? Yeah. Or has there been one episode that's just been like your favorite episode you ever did? (laughs) Oh, well, I guess one of my all-time favorites was number eight. I'm on 160-something now. I love that you know that it was number eight. That's great. (laughs) Well, because it was Steve Chandler. Okay. And he has been one of my favorite authors. I've read about 15 of his books. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And so before I interviewed him, I was reviewing the favorite parts of some of his books. And Mm -hmm. we just had, you know, just a fabulous conversation. Um, And because he's one of these people that is, 
kind of low key, but very dry wit. And so he'll just come out with these things that crack you up and they're all nuggets of wisdom. So that was especially wonderful. Um, And I know number 98, who is um, David Katz, he's the CEO of Plastic Bank. And he is, his goal is to turn the trash in the world, the plastic trash into um, usable materials. And so he's providing employment for people in poor countries, giving them an incentive for collecting that plastic trash, turning it into the centers that they have set up Mm -hmm. for money that they can then use for food or educating their kids or so many other things. And then they have work with a a supplier there who turns this raw material into pellets or whatever Mm -hmm. substance that can be used by manufacturers. So it's, it's just wonderful. And he is focused on his own, who he's being in the world Mm -hmm. and helping his whole team be their best selves. And I just love the, self-evolving that he's done and that he's encouraging in his people so yeah. those are just two quick examples. those are amazing yes they sound there are amazing. so many so many wonderful so many. and how cool is it the platform of podcasting where you can interview someone who's like you've read 15 of their books and now you get to have a conversation with the author right like there's no other platform you can do that on I think that's so cool right um, and never hesitate you know this is one of the things I would encourage your um, listeners When you do read a great book and you think, oh, man, I'd love to interview the author. Well, guess what? Every author loves getting to talk about their book. (laughs) And so many times I've reached out, like with David Katz, I read about him in a book Mm. and reached out to him on LinkedIn and said, I loved what you said about visioning in this book. And I would love to connect with you. And after he said yes, then I wrote him back and said, I'd love to have a conversation with you. I didn't even ask him to be a guest initially. I was asking, how can I be of help to you? So I introduced him to other podcast hosts first. Mm-hmm. And then I said, well, I would love to have you on mine. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, so having a reason why I think is so important when you're approaching someone. But, you know, I think of it this way, Michelle, the worst they can do is say no. Mm-hmm. Well, I already don't have them booked on my show. So if mm-hmm. they say no, I'm no worse off. Sometimes we build up these fears in our heads that keep us from asking the people we'd really like to, you know, be involved with. Also, a warm introduction is always great. If you know someone that is connected to that person and they're willing to make an introduction, of course, that's ideal. Um, But you don't have to wait on that. You can just reach out. Yeah, so cool. Um, and I love that, you know, the platform, you hardly ever get no's. <laughs> Not many times do you hear no's, right? And that's what's so cool. Everyone wants to be on the podcast. Now, you said something earlier on in this podcast that uh, piqued my interest. And I want to hear a little bit more about this. So you said how to make sure you have the right, perfect guests for your show. Um, and I want to dive into that a little bit before we let you go today. <laughs> sure. I, you know, I've learned this. Because I've been approached by so many people that want to be on my show now Mm -hmm. since I've been around a while. And when you have clarity about who is your best guest, it's easier to, you know, respectfully say, no, that's not going to be a good fit. So I think the clarity for me has been around two criteria. Mm 
One is, could this person sometime be a client for us? Could they be interested in buying our books for people in their organization or buying one of our software tools? Or is this person an influencer who, by forming a relationship with them through having them as a guest on my podcast, they know people who could be um, good uh, clients of ours. So I think those two criteria, whatever are the right ones for you, but I think those two generalized ones are good um, I don't want to call them rules, but guidelines. Guidelines, yeah. How can you decide, should should I invite this person or should I accept them, you know, suggesting they be on my podcast? Because one of the things, when you think about who do you want your audience to be if you're just starting out, well, that's important to know too, because who would they want to listen to? Mm-hmm. And therefore, who would be the right person for me to invite as a guest that could speak to the challenges, the issues, the solutions that these listeners that I want to grow are experiencing. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. I like, I like those two guidelines a lot. And it also leaves you to be a little bit more decisive. Like you mentioned in your conversations, instead of just accepting everyone who wants to be on your show. And instead of just saying, yeah, everyone's a fit. Now you're delivering content. That's so much more valuable to your specifically to your audience. But um, I love what you said also about, could they be a potential client? And it's interesting that those conversations before and after the microphone sometimes really do move the needle on your business so much more than the download numbers do, right? Um, it's really Absolutely. interesting. Yeah. And it's interesting how now the whole of the podcasting industry doesn't really talk about that, but it really is true. Oh. Those those conversations that happen before and after the mic, we've got the right guest there really do. You could, you could walk away with a new client or a new, uh, or a new connection or a new, yes. you know, something. In fact, right? here's the rule I do have. And that is, I always have a pre-interview call. Mm. with my future guest, because I tell them up front, when I make the invitation, I say, I like to bring out the unique brilliance of each guest. Mm-hmm. So it's important for us to have a conversation so I can identify what you're most right. passionate about, what you would most like to talk about. And then we have our conversation gets created from that. And that's where what you just said is so true. There's so much I learn about them. Mm-hmm. And what I often do when I'm listening to them, if they're in this position in their organization, inevitably there's something around communication that will right. pop up that's an issue. And so often, even before the interview, I'll often descend, offer to send them copies of our two books. Oh, that's cool. And so then they feel like they get to know me a little bit more. I encourage them to listen to some episodes of the mm-hmm. podcast to get a feel for my style. And many of them, do that, Michelle, before we even have the pre-interview call. That's cool. They'll go to my podcast and listen. (laughs) Some have even bought the books themselves before (laughs) our call. So it's a way of setting the stage. And the thing that's beautiful about that whole process is they then start feeling like it's an honor for them Mm -hmm. to be on your show as opposed to, oh, gosh, I'm so lucky to get them. You know, we turn it around, mm-hmm. not to put ourselves in a superior way, but just to realize 
their perception of us is the expert because we have this platform. And I think that that is a reason in itself to start a podcast. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's so great. Uh, that is definitely a reason in itself to start a podcast. <laughs> awesome, Meredith. Well, this has been so much fun uh, having you on today. We, this has been, audience, this has been a making in a while, for a while. <laughs> I've been wanting to have Meredith on for so long because I know she brings such great value to our episode today. So Meredith, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us today for this uh, this podcast episode. Before I let you go, is there anything that you'd like our listeners to take away and, and uh, from this episode or anything else you want to leave them with? Yes. One question when you are getting ready to have a conversation with a prospective guest on a podcast or even as prospective client, mm-hmm. it's not a typical question. How can I serve this person so powerfully that they never forget our conversation mm-hmm. for the rest of their life? That's not original to me. That's out of The Prosperous Coach by Steve Chandler. And And that question, one of the things it does is it totally takes the spotlight off me and Mm -hmm. puts it on because nobody's going to remember for the rest of their life things that I said to them about myself. Mm -hmm. It's showing a genuine, deep interest in them being curious, being caring, being that spirit of love and service. And people feel that. When you bring that and that makes you magnetic to them. And so I would say, look for opportunities where you can bring that question to mind before you have an important conversation and see if you can feel the difference in Mm. how you come across, how they respond to you and how it feels afterwards. Ooh, it's not what you say, it's how you make them feel. I love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so, so much, Meredith, for being here with us today. It's been awesome having you and I look forward to bringing you back again sometime in the future. Thank you, uh, It's been great. You're so welcome. I'm so grateful to have you here with us and Amplify You family. Go on out there, check out Meredith's podcast, Grow Strong Leaders podcast, and I look forward to, and also check out all of her books too. So Meredith, where can we, uh, can we send them to over to your, your um, domain? Yes. Mm-hmm. Our one website has it all, growstrongleaders.com. There's Perfect. a tab for the uh, podcast and our books are featured and our products are featured. So awesome. you can find everything. Um, and then you can also connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Excellent. Thank you so much. And Amplify You family, make sure you reach out to Meredith and uh, have a conversation with her. Invite her on your podcast. <laughs> All right, you guys have a great week. Thanks so much. Thank you, family, for joining us on this adventure. If you're ready to be heard, head over to mypodcastcoach.com where you'll find out all the tools and tips you'll need to launch your podcast today. If you have a show already and you need some help managing it, please head over to managemypodcast.com and the Amplify You team would be happy to help you manage your podcast. Please also head over to iTunes, like, subscribe, and review our show so we can spread this message. And until next time, be your own unique genius.